Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, BA fam, Mandy here. Or Mandra. You can call me Mandra. That's fine. I have a simple request for you guys. We get so many questions on how you can support the show. And there's really a very, very simple thing that we need you guys to do. Open up this app, open up wherever you're listening to this podcast right now and subscribe if you have the ability, especially those of you who are on iTunes. We're really making a push to get the show more visible. You've seen that we've partnered with a fabulous new network called Westwood One, but we also need the support of our listeners. So if you are a listener, a loyal listener, please subscribe. And if you haven't yet, take a few seconds and leave a five-star review. And even a written review would be the icing on the cake, but at least subscribe, leave us a five-star review and continue to support the show. This is so, so crucial. It is basically how we tell the internet that our podcast is worth promoting and featuring and getting charted. And we deserve to be at the top of the charts, just like any other show out there. We can't do it without your support. So thank you very, very much. Subscribe, like, and review the show. And we thank you so much. Somebody's tired. Yo, know, I am really tired. I'm like, hey, hey, hey. We're back. We're black. We are brown ambition. ambition. Someone told me that she hit me up, like one of our listeners. I don't know if you remember when we had um well, of course I'm sure you remember when we had our, our dinner, like you know, like our one year anniversary. Yes, yes, we did. We got yes, like, what did we do? We had maybe 10 Brown Ambition listeners meet us in New York. Yeah, but that was so much fun. The food that was, was delicious. Fun. That food you know? was delicious. Yeah, P.O. P.O. Hey. Yes. <laughs> and so um, one of the young women who came in Zynga, she like hit me on social. She was like, girl, you are overworking yourself to the bone. I need you to take one step, two steps, three steps back. And so we mm-hmm. actually, we ended up chatting on the phone. It, it was just everything. And so thanks. Shout out to you, Nzinga. Thank you so much. I needed that. Like, she was like, mm-hmm. I saw your last video, your last live. You look like a walking dead, basically. I was like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I had to go back and look at it. I was like, wow. You know? And she's just like, you're doing too much. So, um, yeah, it was just like kind of like the like the shakeup um, that I needed. So I was like, one more thing. I can add, I can add more on. No biggie. But, um. Yeah, so that's how you can tell I'm tired. Because I was like, wait, what do we open with? But let's get right into the sauce. I heard you had yeah. some tea. Some tea, yeah. Well, I mean, we spilled the tea <laughs> last week. And the, yes. the response to last week's show, I think it was twofold. One, it was the Dave Ramsey read. The episode, oh, I said his name. Yeah. Oh, no. He who must not be named. The read. <laughs> I And I was just telling Tiffany, you know, we, we, we'd kind of steer away from the topic of DR. He just... 
it's almost like that thing that we both know, you know, he's trash. Do we really need to say it out loud? We all know. But there's still so many of his his fans. And I have I had friends that I don't. I have friends who are involved with their churches who I didn't know were such Dave Ramsey fanatics. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are still a lot of people following him who don't know about all of his um, foolishness. So we talked about last week the the Fox News interview where he went on there and put his whole foot in his mouth talking about, although he would never say that. In fact, he's yeah. doubled down on the statement that he made. That, of course. Of course he has. About how if you need a $600 or $1,400 stimulus check, then your life, you were basically screwed, quote unquote, before you know, way before you ever needed the government's handout. And Mm -hmm. we talked about that last week. And since then, I think I had not seen this article. And Tiff, had you seen this article, the one that came out in January? This? Somebody, you know, heard the, heard the um our podcast, and someone actually they sent it to me uh, via DM. It was like, girl, heard you guys, heard you and Mandra on Brown Ambition. You need to read this, and I was like, what? It was. Go ahead, tell tell the people about this article. I don't even know where to start. We're we're gonna post a link, but if you if you wanted to send this to the the, the loved one in your life to just help them see the error of their ways or help them see who he really is, this article is from a site called religiousnews.com. And not only is the article worth reading, but they actually published the Dave Ramsey PR team's full response to the article. And it was <gasps> I didn't the, see mo- the part. Oh, you got to click. There's a link in the article. His team's response will tell you everything you need to know about the Dave Ramsey, um, what is it called? Dave Ramsey Solutions Company. It, mm. it was mind-blowingly, it was sarcastic. It was rude. It was disrespectful. And it just reminded me so much of the Trump administration and how they responded to anything that was, you know, short of overt, just, you know, anything that wasn't a Fox News, like love fest, they would respond with bullying and with derision and, and attack, you know, reporters. And the scathing response from his team was just, it was, it was beyond the pale. It was insane. But the article itself, the reason they were so mad, I mean, it, it, it talks about so Dave Ramsey, he, you know, Dave Ramsey Solutions, his corporation consists of so much more than just his talk show. He's got, you know, Financial Peace University, which that's the that's the financial education like course that he has has gotten to be taught in all these churches across the country. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like a nine week course or something. Mm-hmm. On top of that, he sells financial products. He has like, you know, he has this a team of 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 deputized Dave Ramsey's and and you know they sell a lot more than just Dave Ramsey the talk show they really like evangelize his followers and to actually work in Dave Ramsey as this article says according to the article Oof. they have to interview your spouse because mm. your mm. your spouse has to be of you know of Christian faith and not just like Christian faith they actually have a moral code of ethics like at the company and if they find you stepping a toe out of line, they can just fire you, apparently. And they have. They have, yes. So one woman, the story that got me the most was the one woman who um, she asked for maternity leave benefits under the federal, uh, the FMLA, the Federal Medical Leave Act. She asked for her maternity benefits and they said, no, you are not married. And by the way, you're fired because you had premarital sex. They fired, like that's the thing that they can do somehow. They fired mm-hmm. her. They fired someone else because his wife posted in a Facebook group that she was concerned because his company, Dave Ramsey, was asking hundreds of employees to get back to work very soon after the pandemic broke Mm -hmm. out. He was he was right there alongside Trump talking about how it was just going to be a blip. Don't worry. Nothing to be concerned about. If you don't come to work, then you're a wuss. You know, like 
literally saying those words. Literally. Um, and what was the thing about the gun? What did he, what was he waving a gun he around said, for? Yes, it was. So some people created, because they're like afraid of him. Some people created um, secret Twitter accounts to like complain. And he was like offering like people like rewards if you would out whoever had these Twitter accounts complaining about. And then he's like, I hate gossips. And at, I guess at one of their like, you know, all all team meetings and, and whipped out a gun to to illustrate how much he hates gossips. I'm like, yo, here's the thing. I don't, I don't know. Why do y'all let people talk to you crazy? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's, I don't know. I mean, I guess we've all been there. Lord knows I've been there, but like, this is supposed to be a pl- place of service and kindness, I would think, but to have people talk to you crazy. I'm not talking about like these people who work there. Cause I know obviously some people are like, I need to feed my family, but I'm saying with taking advice from someone who talks to you crazy when there are other places that you can take advice from. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like I just. Why I choose mean, so, him? Why choose him? Yes. Why, why choose yeah. him? Because here's the thing. I'm not saying all of his advice, all of his advice is not the worst, but there are some advice that's so bad. Like one of his advice is that not to contribute to retirement, Mandy, unless you paid off all your debt. What in the terrible losing out on including your mortgage interest? Like he's he's that, very hell bent on you not having a mortgage. Yes, I just I, I, yeah. I and you know what? It would be sad. It would be funny if it wasn't sad because there was a woman in my comments who was going. I posted this thing that debt free doesn't equal wealth, and that that debt free shouldn't be your focus. That it should be to grow wealth, and then wealth will help with your debt freedom. Mm-hmm. And she was like in my comments, like, "Oh, you're wrong. I followed Dave Ramsey method, and I finally paid off my house, and now I can start setting aside for retirement." And I was like, "Well, you miss out, you know, if you don't do that." She's like, "Well, you know," at she was like forty seven, fifty years old. My heart sunk for her. I said, "Wait a minute, you you haven't." You haven't set aside for retirement yet? Mm. And she's like, well, it took me a long time to pay off my house. I was like, honestly, I'm, I said, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but you've lost that on like 30 years of compounding interest toward toward taking care of your older self. You've got 15 more years to put aside everything you've got toward retirement. What kind of life is that? Mm. I just... It was fine for him to file bankruptcy, though, and to yeah. uh, to step away from his debts to use our legal system in his own favor, as so yes. many Americans do. He uses shame. It's all about shame, yeah. and it's about it's an abusive. It, it it's, is. It's very toxic and abusive to to kind of to create the sense that you're doing it wrong. You need to do it this way. Um, when he himself, as you pointed out last week, that you know did the same thing. He's a huge, huge hypocrite. And but the thing is, it's the religious element for me. I mean, that is his audience, right? I mean, he sees himself as this like financial messiah in a way. Yeah. And I think people who are prone to follow any, you know, to follow a religion in general, like you you have to put your faith into something that, um, and I'm not, I personally am not incredibly religious. I'm from the South. I've, you know, I have my feelings about religion, but in general, I, you know, any religion across the board, you have to put your faith in a higher power and you have to accept certain beliefs and accept certain stories in order to like, you have to accept a, a level of truth about the religion that you're entering in. They all tell a story. You accept that version of the story. You say, I am this religion. And I think that that type of, you know, profile is a little bit, um, they're more willing to, you know, put their faith in, like you said, the one person 
And can you talk about Tiffany? Because I, I actually, I, I sat in on one of your many lives that we, you know, one of your bajillion lives that you do on Insta, because <laughs> you're not busy enough. And I think um, you reminded me of one of your, the things that you, you always say is you're not a fan of gurus. Yes. You know, like, like Dave. So do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yes, I, I'm not a fan of financial gurus or, or gurus in general. And now, from what I understand, the actual, I'm not sure if guru is a Hindi word, but what what it's supposed to mean from my understanding is it's supposed to mean teacher, not messiah. But we in the Western world tend to use guru as like, you are the messiah, you are the go-to for all things. Here's why I don't like, because one person cannot possibly know all aspects of a particular topic. So like, for example, right? So if you think personal finance, you think insurance, estate planning, investing, budgeting, savings, credit. So you, if you think of all of those things, having someone be an expert in all 10 components of something that I call financial wholeness, um, my obligatory push for my book, Get Good With Money, available at getgoodwithmoney.com. <laughs> so, but all you can't possibly be the super pro in all those things, I actually encourage people, don't come to me for everything. You know, get some of this from me, get some of this from Nativa, get some of this from Sandy, some of this from Ash Cash, some of this from Earn Your Leisure, some of this from, from Kevin, some of this from Tila and Courtney. And I, I encourage that because then when something is incongruent, when you're like, huh, I heard Tiffany say this, but I feel like Kevin said this, then you can make decisions that are in alignment with you and your goals. You you are able to think more critically. I don't want anyone to follow me blindly. You should be questioning me and everyone that you're listening to because you're supposed to be practicing discernment, especially financial discernment. So that's why I always say I'm not your financial guru. I'm your financial girlfriend because when you have a guru, they like, for example, DR might be really good at teaching you how to budget and save. That's great. But he's the same person that's also told you now, until you pay off your mortgage, don't set aside for your older self. So when you're eating cat food and he's living high off the hog, because that man's business is worth well over $400 million, right? So he's not going to come save you. you By know? the way, so, if you need his saving, then you got something wrong with you, right? Exactly. So it just goes to show that like, if, if you... It, because one thing I don't like is that if you ever join one of those groups, the DR groups, if you even say, you know, I think I, if you dis, like dissent in any way, they attack you. What level of Christianity is that? Well, you can't say, you know, I'm feeling something different. It just is baffling to me, but I don't say, I try not to understand it because I'm just like, whatever. I'm not, I'm not here to save everyone. I'm here to help those who, you know, would like to like to try something different and to expose you to other people that have varying levels of of expertise in, in different topics. That's why I partner so much. But yeah, I don't believe in financial gurus. I believe that you should be looking for a myriad of teachers. If one person had all the answer, then you would go to college and never switch classes, hmm. right? Like, and you would just have this one professor also teaches psychology, oh, and statistics, oh, and human, you know, human anatomy, oh, and your English class. Like, that's just not how that works because- you know, the human brain is only capable of so much. And so, like, I just think that I want you to democratize how you get financial education so you can develop discernment because one person cannot possibly have all the answers. And if someone shames you and tries to instill fear and blame because you are asking questions, 
you know, because you don't follow blindly, you know, that should be a real, a huge red flag that a human being wants you to follow them blindly, you know, like this is not your parent, you know, and even then, ideally parents should not be looking for their children to follow them blindly, but a random person, that's control. If you read that article, please, the link is in our description of this this um, podcast, read that article. You are going to be horrified. I I actually gave him too much credit. I was like, oh my gosh. I did too. I, yeah. I honestly did. I had respect. You know, there, there definitely was respect. And then respect of a journalist, because that's my background. I'm always like, okay, listen, like that's his point of view. You know, I'm going to have different voices in my articles and talk to other people. And I just kind of put him aside. But I, yeah, I, he truly has infiltrated so deeply. Any any personal, fi- anyone who's ever got educated about personal finance will see a Dave Ramsey course or an article or hear him online or hear him on a podcast. He's just so ubiquitous, you know? So yeah. even if they have, to, and the thing is, he is in the way of voices like ours and that's why i mean can we do a little happy dance for earn your leisure right now have y'all yeah i feel like probably i mean i was late to the earn your leisure party because you know i had a baby and i was in the fog for so damn long and they've only been around for two years but these are two amazing men troy millings rashad bilal and by the way they're from greenberg which is where I live. My Sidebar, they asked to come on the podcast. I meant to ask you that. What? Girl, so just, yes. I hate <laughs> what the hell? Why are you? F- All right. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so hopefully there'll be guests soon. But yeah, it, so it just, just happened. But yeah, let me say what I was going to say. Ah, okay. Sorry, sorry, they, sorry, sorry, sorry. They slayed the Dave Dragon, y'all. They yes. kicked him out of the top spot on iTunes. Oh, my. Like, he yes. was stuck there. Like, that piece of... T- like piece of like you know tape or glue from like the poster you put up in your childhood bedroom that you can never get off the wall that's where dave's spot at number one mm-hmm. on business podcast was they took him down yes so that is fine to me <laughs> yes but hopefully you'll be hearing quick so if you don't know earn your leisure is yeah it's an awesome podcast by two black men and what i love is that they showcase other black and brown folks um that you might not ever have heard of prior to them being on their podcast. And it's just, they're, they have become a force in the financial space. And I love that they're also signing on, like they have their own network and they're signing on people to their network. Like my friend Ash Cash is on their network. And as a result, Ooh, Ash is like number four. He's been on Brown and Bush. That's right. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> like, remember. I just like <laughs> you don't remember. It's okay, girl. I've talked because I talked to Ash like you know that's like my brother from another mother. So I'm mm-hmm. like, how many times have we have just chit chatted? So I'm like, was he on Brown and Bush when we chit chatted? But um, yeah, and I'm just so impressed with what the guys are doing. Um, and I'm just really glad that there are so many alternatives. That and 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 I love the. I don't know if you saw like obviously some of the the comments that they were like, thank you so much for like this, that amazing list that we were just kind of spewing out and, and another person and another person and another person. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think it's, like I said, it's important that you see that there are so many amazing financial educators and, and experts out there. We don't have to get yelled at to learn. Yeah. I, I was a Friday night. I decided to just treat myself to like some rest and relaxation. So I lit all the candles, did a nice little bubble bath, got my little Target brand Epsom salt bombs and, you know, was just relaxing. And I saw that they were live on Instagram and that was the most fun I've had watching an IG live. They are to see, (laughs) they are are so fun to watch, but it's also like they, their energy is infectious. And who do they have on, um, one of their, the people on their network who does a a show called social proof. Is his name Sean? I forget. He was on and the, 
you don't see, and I don't take for granted, but like you don't see three black men celebrating like that. I mean, every day, you know, and the fact that they are presenting this image that we are black men, we are supporting each other. We are Mm -hmm. building, we are growing. And one of my favorite things that they said was the importance of asking for help and how often um, in black and brown communities, you feel like you have to do it all on your own because, Mm -hmm. I mean, you do, you do have to do it all on your own in the beginning often because people may not, may not have the knowledge that's easily accessible to you or you don't have the resources because of all the reasons that are out of your control. But he and the two co-hosts, Rashad and, and, and Troy, you know, they really talk about how with their network, they lean into other podcasters and there is space for everyone, you know? Mm-hmm. And that, and when they went, we went. I mean, I don't even know them personally, but I feel like I know them. I feel like my cousins have have hit the top spot on iTunes. They made me want brown ambition up there. I'm like, why are we on the top? I never really <laughs> think about chart rankings, but I'm like, dang, people. Yeah. So listen, I learned from them that night. I, I didn't, we've always talked about leaving comments and reviews. If you guys want to help Brown Ambition, and we have thousands of listeners every week, thousands and thousands. We only have like 1,300 comments and reviews on our on our podcast. We could really use you guys. You know, we do this show for free for you. We could really use y'all to go to iTunes and not just like and review our show, but subscribe. Like apparently subscribing on iTunes is the magic magical fairy Mm. dust that is what drives the rankings and i know a lot of people they don't necessarily subscribe but they just listen they just listen and you've got to just click that subscribe button and listen if it's uh if it's telling you that you don't have enough data you know just delete some photos you don't need them (laughs) just you know just use your cloud storage spiffy they have all kinds of things to to free up space now help us out like we've been in this game for so long and if that's what we've been missing all along is just reminding y'all to subscribe, like, please do it. And then you'll get a reminder every Wednesday when the show is on, which is only, you know, we're not going to spam you. It just means you'll get the show first and you'll find out about it first. And so shout out to Earn Your Leisure for sure, because that was ah, mwah, huge. Yes, it was. It, it, especially after all that we got there, I was like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, OK, so we need to talk offline because if they want to be on the show, I <laughs> we need to arrange that. <laughs> Post haste, post haste. What else? Um, what else is happening in the world? Oh, I saw that they decided to decline. We won't be getting fifty thousand dollars. It looks like it'll be the ten thousand forgiveness um, for student loan debt. I was like, boo. Yeah. So Joe Biden, he had that CNN town hall. Was it the day our show went live? Anyway, we had already recorded, but he. I was disappointed. My husband's kind of like a conservative progressive. I don't know, moderate progressive, I guess you would say. And he's 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 on Joe's side. It's an interesting. You know, we were kind of arguing back and forth. But yeah, Joe is like fifty thousand dollars. Not going to make that happen. Nah, maybe ten. Mm. Maybe ten. And I wonder what kind of strings. Do we know yet? Like how you're supposed to. Like I know they have to put a bill through, but. Do you, do you need to have, an, have a sense of what you'll need to like do or or uh, have in order to be eligible for that forgiveness? No, not yet. Um, but at least, you know what, that's better than like nothing. I mean, that's, you know, that's a lot of money to, to not have to pay. Um, yeah. So, no, I, I haven't dug into the deets yet. I just remember just reading very quickly that it wasn't going to be the 50, but it looks like it is going to be the 10. So I'm like, OK, that's good. That's good. I mean, and it's also a step in the right direction. You know, maybe there'll be as long as we continue to vote. You guys, these are the people in power who are making these decisions. You've got to vote and, um, you know, put people in power who are more progressive. It's a it's a it's a step in the right direction. And it's a yeah, it's a big 
it's a big leap from where we were at the beginning of the the last recession um, when the student loan debt crisis really became huge. Yeah, yeah. You know, my baby cousin found out that she had uh, some student loans she didn't know about. Really? How? Well, she lives with me now, and we have Financial Fridays, and we sit down. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> she's oh, she's my little, uh, she's my project. I feel like Cher in uh, Clueless, and she's my, uh, what was Brittany Murphy? God rest her soul. What was her name in that? Ty. Oh, Ty. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, she's my project. But she's 23. I'm putting all of her business out here. I'll try to I'll try to dial it back and not put it all out there. But um, so she's been she's been staying here and helping with the baby. And she had taken a break from school. And she's just trying to like, you know, she's 23. She's trying to figure out, you know, do I want to do what I've set out to do? She's in that existential young 20s kind of space. Also, there's a pandemic and she needed a place. I needed help. So it all worked out. But I have found through talking to her that and this is like a really it's just opened me up to like even bigger conversations around what can happen in a dynamic of a family when you actually have a lot of help from your parent. And I don't mean mm-hmm. financial help. I mean, help doing things like like as in a parent does everything for you, you know, fills out the forms for college, mm-hmm. fills out your FAFSA for you. Like she really has not had to do any of that herself. And therefore, she knew nothing about how it all worked. And on top of that, you know, when you have a parent who's paid a, paid for your car, paid for your rent, even though she worked, you know, I always checked in with Anna. She's always working. She wasn't doing those things like checking her credit, you know, or getting a credit check for an apartment or, um, you know, dealing with going to an auto, uh, an auto dealer and, and negotiating a car price. Like she wasn't involved in those situations. And I'm starting to understand like the real detriment when you have a um, when you have parents who are way too involved, like mm. the bumpers are always on, you know, is that what they call the guardrails? Kids... Always on, yes. Because you do have to let, you know, you have to let kids learn, and you learn through falling and failing, and that's okay. Honestly, the younger the better. Like I rather have you know you be twenty two with a terrible credit score. And learn the lesson then, then 42, when you lose your job because your credit score is terrible. And you're like, wait, what? Yep. So, yeah, no, I, that's, I'm glad you, I love that you guys have um, Financial Fridays and talk about it because that's super important. That's something that's going to change the trajectory of her life, you know, keeping on track with that. And no shade to my uncle because I think uh, it's, it's the best intentions. You love your child. And as a like, he's my my dad's brother, and they did not come from money. Let me tell you, they did not come from money. And my grandfather was not in the picture. My grandmother died way younger than she should have, like so many young black women in this country, sadly. So you know, I could see from his perspective, and some, I'm so empathetic because for him, it's about I'm going to help her succeed. I'm going to be her, be there for her. I'm going to help set her on the right path. You know, have the things that I didn't have. But it's almost like an overcorrection in a way. And I'm as a, as a mom, I am just absorbing all of this. And I'm like, OK, OK, let's especially because of the space we're in. It's going to be hard to wa- it's going to be really hard to watch my kid to watch Rio grow up and maybe make some bad choices. But I'm really seeing the what can happen on the other side. So, yes. Yeah, so, Anna, we sat down and we ran her credit um, picked. Uh, we went to Discover Scorecard. I love that site. It's um, free. Mm-hmm. It's a free way to get your FICO. And yeah, looking at her credit report, she's like, oh, damn, I have a couple student loans that um, my dad took out for my tuition, but I didn't know that he took them out. Um, mm. And he wasn't doing it. It was not nefarious, but she didn't know, you know, and maybe, 
you should like everyone should know, you know, about their financial picture and that little bit of knowledge. I'm starting to see her get more empowered. And so that's what's been on my mind lately. Like, how can I my therapist is like, Mandy, you better back off. Like, you don't need to like you don't need to be that much involved unless she really wants you to. I'm, I'm trying to like toe that line, you know, like like you said, your financial girlfriend, your financial um, friend. You know, we're cousins. We're very close, but I'm not trying to do it. I don't want to make the same mistake. I don't want to try to do everything for her, but I am trying to like just empower her with some basic knowledge, you know? No, and that's good because she's still really young. Honestly, this is such a formative time. So I, I don't think there's anything wrong when, yeah. with like leaning in as long as you're respecting her boundaries and, you know, so which sounds like she's like, oh, wow, thanks. So really? as long as that's the sentiment. Um, Girl, you know, I, I respect was, the boundary. <laughs> I was scrolling through. I, you know, there's something, this is like random mess, not mess, but what do you think about this, Manny? So I was just scrolling through Instagram and I always see this like, you could pick my brain once the invoice is paid. I or, just saw like, that too. We must. Yes. I'm like, what do you think about that? Like, what, what, yeah, what you do you think? Like, when, because so just so you guys don't know what I'm talking about, especially if you're, there's a big, there's like a movement, I guess, if you will, where people are like, you stop asking people to pick their brain. It's mm-hmm. disrespectful. It's entitled. Um, it's rude that, you know, people have spent a lot of time and energy on like whatever their craft or whatever it is. And you shouldn't ask anyone for free information, basically. And I see it a lot that, you know, and so I have like mixed feelings about mm. how I feel about that sentiment. So I just wanted, because when I saw that, I was like, let me see, what does Mandy think about like, when people, quote unquote, want to pick your brain, do you feel like you're like, get out of here? Like, I'm not telling mm. you nothing. I'm not going to you know? lie. Maybe at a certain age, at a step in my career, I might have been. But that would have been purely born out of insecurity and also fear. And also, you know, it's if we're really serious about creating more inclusion um, at all levels, you know, generational wealth, building generational wealth in black and brown households, giving people access to power and knowledge. And for me, I'm really passionate about you know, talking to people about their career and how to navigate their careers and, and, and you know, move through the quote unquote corporate world or whatever. If we're really serious about that, we, we have to acknowledge that the way that it's been done, which it has been very closed off to us in terms of knowledge, how do things get done? How do you become, you know, an executive or get to a, a board seat? How, you know, how does this happen? That information has been held back from us. Once, I almost feel like once you gain knowledge, to, in order to really break the system, we we need to stop playing by their games once, once we get there. So my whole thing is once I get in a room and I gain knowledge, I wish people would ask me, like, what do you know? Because I would be willing to share it. And I think, you know, why I said fear and, and, and insecurity might have held me back in the past is when you're the only one, you might be a little scared. It's like it's, it's this, and, and they want you to feel this way, too. I think they being like, you know, the system, it, it's better for them if we're not talking and sharing information, right? That's why they didn't mm-hmm. teach slaves how to read. Access to knowledge is the key to equality. And yet, uh, we I just I feel personally that in my space, if you ever want to pick my brain, it's pickable. I respond to all of our DMs for a reason. I want people to know that we're accessible and that we can we can answer questions and we take questions on this show. I we do brown ambition. Like, of course we love sharing um what we know. But uh so that I think that sentiment, I I I don't agree with it. I think if you get to a certain level, it's your duty, it's your responsibility, especially if you're a person of color. It's an it's an additional little piece of pressure that I think we carry to turn around and try to help someone else. I agree. Now, here's the thing: 
I do think that the reason why maybe this has come up is because there are some people who kind of do take advantage. Like, you know, you help them once and they keep coming back and back and back. I've definitely had that where, you know, someone will reach out to me and I'm like, oh, sure. And then it's the second call and the third call. I remember actually, was it last year? It was really kind of crazy. So someone did a joint intro, which I feel like making an introduction to someone for you to help them without giving some the other person a heads up, I don't like. Right? Mm-hmm. That's like me being like, oh, hey, Mandy, this is my friend, Tyra. Tyra needs some things. So you guys connect, okay? And meanwhile, I have your number. Why not Why not say, hey, Mandy, is that okay? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like when you were a kid and you used to bring your friend to the car. It'd be like, can you drive, can you, can you drive Mandy home? Like, my mother would look at me like, if you don't step away from my car. Mm, yeah. Because <laughs> now she has to say no in front of the kid. Or just Wait, I really felt car. that. I really felt that analogy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? It's like all awkward. Right? Give the person the 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 chance to pre-qualify. So anyway, that happened to me last year. Someone did this connection with this, um, with you no know, woman. And I was like, okay, awkward, but hey, no problem. So I ended up getting on the phone with the woman and, you know, I poured into her for like an hour and a half and, and this is what I do and this and this and that. And, and then she like rolled back to get back on my calendar again for like the next week and the next week. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, I'm not available for like, what? We're not, we, I can't do a weekly two hour call. And she, um was upset by it and expressed it. It was like basically upset that I wouldn't give her any additional time. Like if it had been like, say like a few months from now, sure. But she thought that I was just going to be there for her every week. I just met her through this other person. And and then she also had made the assumption that we were going to do business together. She was like, oh, I can't wait to do this project with you. I'm like, uh, I never agreed to that. So it was really awkward. I actually had to write the other person because um, she got nasty. So I, I had to write the other person and say, hey, so that person you introduced me to, um, this is what happened. And just moving forward, if you do ever want to connect me with someone, please ask before giving out my personal information because it, it really turned nasty. And she was, I think mm. we actually ended up jumping on the phone and she was so embarrassed. Like, I'm so sorry, girl. I didn't know. It was like, she was like, what? I just thought you guys would have a conversation. I didn't know it was going to like turn into this. So I think that type of sentiment is born from those types of um, interactions. And as a result, people have a blanket. I ain't helping nobody. Mm, well, you know? she made it a lot harder for people who have good, who who would have yes. more respect for boundaries. Exactly. So I honestly believe in, because so many people have poured into me, so many. So I believe in like pouring into folks, especially women, especially black women. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't always have the capacity or time, you know, to jump on a call. Like if I do, then I make it. And if I don't, then I'm honest. And I'm like, you know, today's a a really crazy week. I don't know. But yeah, I, I, whenever I see that, it just seems so off-putting because I always think to myself, whenever I see those posts, like, you know, you can't pick my brain till you pay my invoice. I'm like, I'm sure that there was a brain that you picked that you an invoice was not paid. Like, you know that I believe that when you're blessed, it's, blessings are supposed to flow not just to you, but through you. And in not doing so, you actually miss out because there are people who I've poured into who ended up just like giving me life like a year, two years, five years later. Mm-hmm. You know, so many of my biggest opportunities were like, yeah, girl, you don't remember me from three years ago? You helped me out. And so now that I'm at Own Network, they were looking for someone. I told them you. That was literally a conversation I had like a few weeks ago. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? So, and that's not the reason to do it, you know. Um, but 
I will just say that you reap, my mother would always say that you reap what you sow, you don't always reap where you sow. So just keeping in mind that I get it, that there's there are definitely people who walk around with a sense of entitlement, but that shouldn't keep you from 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 pouring into folks who, you know, you really think it's gonna it's gonna do something really good with the information that you give them. Because at some point you're gonna need help as well. And yeah. so you, you, you have know, to give the, and take. Exactly. Just be so. nice. And a really yes. good final example is Sharon Epperson from CNBC. So she was one of the only black women other than like Michelle Singletary at the Wall Street Journal, black women with a big platform in financial news. And when I was a reporter years ago at Yahoo Finance and Business Insider, I always looked up to Sharon. I was always following her and trying to see what she was writing about. And, you know, and I I, I went to the same event as her and I was a reporter. So several years ago, I went to the same event. I think it was at the United Nations. And I saw Sharon and she had an assistant. She was like badass and everything. And I went up to her and introduced myself. And she very, you know, politely, but basically brushed me off. Like, I don't have time to really talk to you, but definitely send me an email and we can catch up. I think I was talking, I don't know, just telling her about me and that I'd love to chat with her sometime. And I did email her and I asked her to be on the podcast and didn't hear back. Maybe I got like a, a couple, one email, but didn't get any follow up. And, you know, I just let it go because she's a busy, busy woman. I didn't think anything of it. And a year later, I um, I remembered. I was like, let me follow up with Sharon and see what's going on with her now and just reintroduce myself. Turns out Sharon had had a brain aneurysm and was in the hospital oh for several months. And we ended up having a great conversation. We had her on the podcast. And now she is a great friend and mentor of mine. And uh, that was a, yes, so that was an example of just because you don't Im- immediately get to sit down with someone, it doesn't mean that it's it's because they don't think that you're worth their time. I mean, everyone is just a person, like at the end of the day, you know? You yeah, have to wow, you don't know. That. That's the thing too, is that if you, for whatever reason, do reach out to someone, and they don't say yes or whatever. You don't know why, you know, like sometimes people are going through a lot. I mean, yep. people, you know, like- That has nothing be that to do with you. Exactly. Like there was a woman who hit me the other day. She was, um, she wanted me to speak at uh, some some conference, but it was in person. And I was like, during COVID? Uh. <laughs> um, but I couldn't do it anyway because it's literally like the day before my book launch. And so my admin wrote her a really nice email. It's like, thank you so much. Thank you so much for thinking of Tiffany. Um, unfortunately, she's not able to participate, but wishes you the best. It was a really nice, you know, we have like a form email, but it was, it's always really nice. Like, cause I'm always grateful when people reach out. So we reached out to say, hey, there may be some sort of opening. And this lady wrote back, I'm good because of your short email. Maybe one day when I get famous, that's when Tiffany will, will want to participate. I was like, mm. I had to literally go back to the email. I thought, oh my goodness, what did we say? Because... Maybe it was, maybe it was like nah, girl. You know what I mean? Like, because I have a new I have a new executive admin. I thought maybe there was a misstep, and I went back to read the email. I had to read the email like three times, like in the chain. Like this email, this email was short. It was like four sentences of gushing with thank you and we wish you the best on your event. It looks really great. She wasn't mad about the email. She was mad because I didn't do what she wanted when she wanted me to do it, and so that kind of reaction just. And I can understand the disappointment, but you're an adult. Like Roman, when I tell him no cookies, I know why he throws a temper tantrum. He's five. But throwing a temper tantrum when you're an adult, when someone doesn't give you agency over their time and energy and or money or whatever, you know, you know, it's it's just it's not appropriate. And what you do do is that you guarantee that they will never work with you. You know, and she made, oh, there's something else that she said that I thought was super petty. I told all my family and friends how you get down. I was like, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> All of that. I was You're just done, like, Tiffany. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I know. And I just thought to myself, you know, it's, it's such a shame, you know, because like I said, I get, if you if you mad, just say you mad. Meaning like, I just knew she was disappointed. There was nothing left to say. I just said, I just told my admin, you know, just leave it alone. But you don't want that to be the, like, no one has to say yes to you. Mm-hmm. So if you're reaching out to someone and you're like, I just need, if I could just get a foot in the door, if I could just, you know, get you, because I, I could just need a little bit of help. People sometimes are busy or or in experiencing trauma or swamped or just didn't see it. And so, and that's okay. Or sometimes they just don't want to do it and that's okay. You know, so just being mindful of that then. You should always reach out and ask if you're needing a thing, but know that no one's yes is promised to you and that's okay, but you will get a yes from somebody and it'll be the right somebody at the right time. Couldn't have said it better myself. All right. Do you remember you have a hard stop? We got to go. I know. (laughs) Let's take a quick break and we'll get to your questions next. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. All right, we are back. I think we have time for one question, maybe two for Speedy, but I definitely (laughs) wanted to get to this. I actually don't know if we ever answered this question, but I was digging through the archives and I found this one from uh, a little bit of a while ago, but quick, quick, quick. Hey ladies, thank you for a bountiful podcast filled with precious jewels. Here's my question. What would be the best way to tackle debt if my husband and I have $40,000 worth of debt in credit cards, student loans, and personal loans? Should we consolidate or use the snowball method? We're both students, have full-time jobs, a mortgage, but we struggle to save money trying to pay off our debt. Your advice is much appreciated. Please keep me anonymous. All right. What was the list? It was credit card debt. They have $40,000 worth of credit card debt, student loans, and personal loans. So a combination of all of that. Good times. Mm. Plus a mortgage. But yeah. Uh, I probably would focus on the credit card debt first. Um, I Because I, I'm assuming that's probably like the debt. I, I don't know like what. Because student loans tend to be like higher balances. I like to do a mix of like um, the snowball method, which is pay the lower balances off first, and the avalanche, which is pay the higher interest rate off first. But I probably would start with the credit card debt. If I was really struggling to save or whatever, and this is what I did. I'm not saying like, because I know people are like, no, don't don't go into forbearance or deferment, girl. If they are 
federal loans, I was a deferment queen until I can get some space. I was like, I'm going to pay off this credit card debt. I'm going to defer my student loans until I have some space. I don't know what you mean by personal loans. Is this like to your mama and cousins and them? Because they come third then. They could wait unless like they need to eat. But I would focus on credit card debt first. If you're not able to save at all, I, I and if it's federal student loans, I would consider doing that. And, and I would consider deferring or um, forbearancing my my federal student loans. If you don't have, I, I would consider like there's like companies like SoFi that allow you to basically refinance your student loans at a lower interest rate if your credit score is decent. I would consider uh, doing that as well. And for the credit card debt, if your interest rate is decent, I would consider looking at balanced transfer cards or balance transfer card to at least that's when you can transfer the balance of your credit card debt to another card with a 0% interest rate. So all your money goes to the principal and you can pay that debt off faster. So every $100, all 100 goes to the principal. So because that's that's how I got out of $35,000 worth of credit card debt while on unemployment in like three years. I did balance transfer cards. I put my student loan debt in forbearance. Everybody else had to wait. And I got rid of those credit cards first to give myself some space. Yeah, beautiful. I just actually spent a lot of time today talking about relationships and money and and <laughs> kind of like, how do you do that together? And um, I will share a, a recent survey that we did at Ally found that couples who merge their finances actually have a better shot, and they say they do, at reaching their financial goals. And so I think if you guys attack it as a team, all that debt, you can definitely manage it. And it sounds like you're already on the right track. So I definitely give you major kudos for that. Because honestly, like telling your partner about your debt or about your finances, it really does feel like it's almost more awkward, less, wait, more awkward than like your first kiss or, you know, sleeping together even. It's like, oh, here, my debt. Yeah. I'm like you, you, you worry about that. I feel like even more. So it's great that y'all are even having the dialogue. Yeah, it is great that you're having the dialogue. So, and then, yeah, you're working together and you're, it sounds like you're young if you're both still in school. So just know this is kind of like part of like life currently, but it won't always be like that. Just the key is being mindful not to dig back in that hole. Like, let's put the shuffle down, get our way out, fill up this hole so we can move forward on a strong financial foundation. Yep. And I try to identify the reasons why, you know, you got there in the first place. I'm kind of hoping that the majority of that is student loan debt because girl, like, mm -hmm. who, who doesn't, you know? Um, yes. And the good thing is that your student loans aren't, you don't have to make payments on them until next September at this point. Um, we'll see if they extend the what's it called, deferment, or uh, I forget what the term that the government is using. But yeah, they've stopped interest accruing on student loans and you don't have to make payments for a while. So a little bit of reprieve there and then you can maybe use your funds for those other goals. Okay, I'm gonna squeeze one more quick question in there because this is a good one and we haven't talked about this yet. This question came from, oh, what's her name? Oh, the KP Life. Oh, she's always um, so sweet and sending lots, lots of DMs. So the KP Life says, Happy New Year. Um, happy or sorry, this is from January. <laughs> happy New Year. <laughs> I was like, oh. Listen, we have a big narrow mailbag, y'all. I'm working on the backlog, okay? Quick question. Have you looked into banking with Greenwood Bank yet? Curious for your take. We haven't talked about Greenwood yet, Tiffany. Which I is that the like, one with Kill, Kill Mike? Kill Mike. Yes, Greenwood. Um, so just for you some background, if y'all haven't heard of Greenwood, it's a black and Latinx owned bank that Killer Mike, he has this bank black or was that the bank black movement? Yeah. So Killer Mike in Atlanta, shout out to ATL, has been, I mean, he really hit the national scene this past summer when um, he came out in support of Black Lives Matter. And I mean, he's always been a huge activist and very vocal, but he got extra, extra shine. And then Jesse Williams, who I know because, yes, I still watch Grey's Anatomy, 
and I will till the day I die if they continue releasing seasons of it. But he's a doctor on Grey's Anatomy. So he's actually financing this venture or at least co-financing it. And yeah, it mm. hasn't launched yet. So I don't. So as far as my take on it, they haven't launched yet, but I love the idea. I love that we're if this is the the beginning of a new black bank renaissance, I am all for that because I do believe, you know, circulating wealth in our communities is is hugely important. But they I know right now there's like a wait list, so if you join, they don't actually have a product right now, but I love the concept of it. No, I that's I mean, I me too because I think black banks banking is one of the ways that they, you know, cut Black and brown folks out of the economic um, ability to grow and thrive. And so if you have more black banks, they found that black banks are more likely to to loan to small black businesses. They're more likely to to fund projects that benefit black and brown people. And so, yeah, I mean, a good black bank that's actually going to be of service to the community is always a yay for me. Absolutely. Especially if they're giving access to financing, um, Mm. because Mm -hmm. that is often, you know, just that startup capital, you know, access to loans. That is what really can stymie the growth of a lot of black owned businesses. I'm going to talk to Ally about that, too. But okay, Uh, All right. Let's take another. Well, actually, let's just go right into Brown Boost Brown Break. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. What you going to do? Boost or break, Tiff? I'm gonna, I don't know. <laughs> Just carry that note until you think of something. Do you want me to go first? Yes, please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we should give you a pass because how many interviews have you had today? Oh my God. This is like my fifth. I've got one more. Oh no, Moss. And maybe that's probably what I'm going to break. When I'm going to uh, break. But go ahead. I think that's, that's what my break You is still have be. a homework assignment. I need to know how you're celebrating your book. And now I need to know <sighs> what kind of vacation are you treating yourself to? After the book book launches, like April, I don't want to see your ass. Like we should just book some (laughs) shows in advance, guest hosted up in April. You go take a vacay. Okay. Uh, But I'm scared to go anywhere. Well, I mean, mean, go go to the, go to, I don't know, somewhere local, Rhode Island, go to the, go to the woods. There's (laughs) pretty woods around here. Drive somewhere. I don't know. Hot tub, whatever you like to do. Um, Go to Cancun like Ted Cruz, you know, it's beautiful down there. Who else was surprised that the four season was only like $300 a night? I was like, dang, that's affordable. That's where they, uh, <laughs> did you see the text message that was revealed by Heidi Cruz trying to get the other like soccer moms in their neighborhood to come with them? No. no. Yeah. They, they, yeah. They tried to say, oh, you know, we went there to be a good, I went there to be a good father. My, my kids wanted to go. And then someone in the, listen, don't trust the soccer moms. Someone in her, her text message group took a screenshot, sent it to the New York Times and was like, nah, she's lying because this is her trying to rally us all together and get us to go to Cancun to escape the 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 cold and the lack of power and water. You know, that's uh yeah. But I digress. My <laughs> break, or sorry, my boost, I'm gonna do a boost. I'm gonna shout I'm gonna shout out Jay-Z because it came out today or yesterday, it came out recently that he has sold half of his champagne brand. The Jay-Z Empire continues. Okay. And I'm, I saw that. He, yeah, amazing. So he has sold his champagne brand to LVMH, which is the same brand that owns Dom Perignon and Moet Chandon. And they've taken a 50% stake in his um in Jay-Z's brand, which is called Armand de Brunac also known as Ace of Spades. So shout out to Jay continuing to to drive his empire. 
And the reason I found out because I get all my news from Tina Knowles is she posted a tribute to her son-in-law on Insta. And I thought that was really sweet. And she shouted him out for all the work that he does because, mm. you know, he got a lot of shit when he joined the NFL and became the head of their entertainment for the Super Bowl and all that. And she was basically saying he deserves all the shine. And he really is. I mean, he is defining what it is to be to age well, I think in hip hop and in business and, and uh, yeah, he's always lifting up the community and go get your coins, Jay. Yes. Go get your coins. No, I thought I saw that today and I thought that was really awesome. I was like, wow, that's because I mean, from how far that he's come till now, I mean, it just must be so surreal for him, you know? Yep. Well, um, I'm gonna, so, okay. So here's what mine's going to be. All right. So there is a young woman. Her name is Demetria Lucas. Have you have you ever heard of a bell in Brooklyn? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that so, sounds familiar. But yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, well, she um, she's a writer, and um, she wrote like she wrote her first book, A Bell in Brooklyn, did really well. She wrote a second book called Don't Waste Your Pretty. But what's really amazing is she just Demetria and I are the same age. She's just this dope sister who, through hard work and 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 perseverance. So her book is being turned into a movie and it's going to be airing on TV one. And I, that's just like, when like, you know, cause I've watched, like I've been following her since she was a bell in Brooklyn and, and seeing how she's grown. She used to work at Essence and then she was an editor at Essence. And then she, she's just had this amazing career. And so to see this book that she wrote, cause I mean, I don't think any of my books, they're not like, <laughs> you're not going to have a movie about budgeting, <laughs> but I just think to see somebody who's like, I feel like I adjacent know, like, you know, like I don't talk to on the phone, but you know, we Instagram just to see someone that like I adjacent know have a, a book turned into a movie that she got to be a part of. It's just one of those surreal things, like becoming a New York Times bestseller, which you can help me be if you get get good with money at getgoodwithmoney.com. Um, but yeah, so that is my that is my boost and my break though, it's just gonna be I just want to again thank you to Nzinga because my break is to t- is to not overwork myself. Um, oh, I love that because yeah, because it's been hard. Like, the, and it's you know people are always like, well, Tiffany, your team, and I'm like, I the issue really isn't my team. It's me. I've got this really awesome team, and oftentimes I don't give them the opportunity because they'll take things off my plate and I'll take it right on back. Mm. And so like, it's not that it's just, it's something that's why I have my coaches. That's why, you know, I'm really proactive um, with, or I've been trying to be, you know, really proactive in, in doing better. But Nzinga really just like called me to the carpet and she just, you know, it was just something that I really needed. And so like, if you need that sign, like, am I doing too much? This is the sign you likely are that it is possible to achieve, achieve your dreams without, killing yourself. She said something too, like, you know, preserving your feminine energy. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. she said sometimes it's almost like when women used to wear the power suits and not to say that women can't wear a power suit, but it's okay to achieve success in a way that, that, that still aligns with how you show up as a woman. You don't have to transform yourself into a man in order to um, be successful. And so it was just a reminder that I needed that like, girl, Mm -hmm. you make magic happen, girl. Like women are capable, bring life into this world. We are capable of doing so much without breaking ourselves, you know? So it was just, like I said, that reminder that I needed. And it's a nice little, I guess that's kind of like a breaky boost, a a boost for that word of reminder, but a break from team too much. And I 
I know I team too much. I know. Well, we had so much love and outpouring of, I'm sure you got lots of messages, Tiff, but so did I um, at Brown Ambition on Instagram. And then my, even my personal account, people just wanting to pour out and pour into you and tell you how much they love you and support you. And also thank you for opening up last week. Cause um, I know that wasn't easy for you, but to your point about being a woman today, and I know I'm looking at the clock. I know we got seven minutes. Okay. <laughs> no, we good. We good. We good. Um, I feel very much like, yes. And, and shout out to the, the women who, who really had to play by the man's playbook in the seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands, two thousand tens. I feel today the, the, my, my perspective going into a senior leadership role, the last place I was at and now, uh, and continuing that path, my thing is, so you hired a working mom, like, so I breastfed my child on my very first interview call with Ally. Okay, not on camera, but I it was, he was there. I had to, because I'm a working mom during a pandemic, right? And my whole thing is, and I, maybe the pandemic is giving me that extra confidence, but if you're going to hire me and put me in a position of power, I'm going to be my whole self. And that means if you put a, cal a calendar invite out there for 4.30 to 5.30 meeting, I'm going to drop off at 5 p.m. because that is the half hour I have to spend with my baby before I do the podcast. Like those, it's very, and, and I feel like I was always putting a lot of pressure on myself at my last job because I was managing team. I'm a woman in power, so I need to set an example for what that looks like. And that means mm. you can talk about, you know, having you can you can acknowledge those other complex parts of your personality. You know, you can you can be who you are, but you can also bring in the fact that you're a mother. Or this isn't just about moms. It's about the the pressure on women to take care of elderly relatives or to be the primary caretaker if someone in the family is ill. You know, and mm -hmm. during a pandemic year, working like moms have I mean women, women have been hit from all different directions, especially black women, because you come yeah. from a base of, you know, you very little resources and support and infrastructure sent, you know, set up to support you. That's just, we've done a terrible job um, in this country. So yes, I think Tiffany and, and you running your team, like, ah, first of all, letting people show up for you when, when you, when you need help, that helps them grow. It makes them feel good. Yes. It doesn't make you any less of an amazing and fantastic leader and founder that you are. It doesn't at all. But I understand like you get addicted to the grind and you also feel like when I do it, I do it right. You know, and I want to I want to put my stamp of approval on everything. Um, and, you know, it's not even that. Honestly, for me, I always feel like I don't want to bother people, which is so crazy. I'm like, because <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, you know, Latrice just had the baby and, you know, and she already got the two other little ones. Oh, man, I would ask Karen, but I know that she said that, you know, her son is doing X, Y, Z. And let me just literally, I think because I we we. I always ask the women to share, you know, like what's happening in their life. So I'm conscious of like sometimes being like, I don't want to put too much on. We we take that very seriously, not overworking folks, making sure that this is a joyful place to um to to work. And so as a result, I over sacrifice. And sometimes like I might say that and Latrice is like, girl, my she told me the other day, this is the bet this baby don't cry, this baby don't this baby's just like, whatever you down for, I'm down for. She's like, no. <laughs> <Must be nice. laughs> but you see, like, I'm making that assumption mm -hmm. that someone is needing this space and grace. 
And it's like, no, you need that space and grace. She's fine. And even if you thought that, why not ask? Like, hey, mm. is this too much for you? You create a safe environment for people to share. Like, oh, girl, it would be a lot. You're taking on this burden without asking someone if, you know, if they're even capable of sharing it with you. So that's because I honestly don't think I could do it the best. I'm always just thinking that I don't want to put additional work on folks, even though they work here. <laughs> Oh my bad. I was just projecting my own control freak (laughs) tendencies upon you, which is why we didn't have an editor for the show until a pandemic and a baby. That was when I let my cold, dead hands off the editing knob. (laughs) (laughs) No, I have honestly just like the most amazing team, but it's just because I just like I told you before. Remember we had that um, our rich journey, that couple that came on. Yes, Christina and that. Oh yes, and Ahmad. They that sense of joy they had. I was like, I want that. Like, they just seem, and not because, oh, they just seem in such a good space. Like, they they weren't doing more than was necessary to live this life that they've created for themselves intentionally. Mm. And so that's what I was like, okay. And so, like, you know, I'm sometimes we overdo it. Like, do you need to work the extra two or will the one do? Then, well, why are you working the two if the one will get you the sunshine? Mm. Why work the extra two if the one will get you the beach? You know, like, well, maybe the one will, two will get me double beach. No, the law of diminishing returns says the two will actually get you back to the office, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so, like, yeah. So these are things, like, you know, I, I like to share this stuff with you guys because I, I like for, because especially in entrepreneurship, I feel like people are more honest about not liking a job or struggling in corporate, but I see so much that entrepreneurship is is put on such a pedestal and not enough people are honest about how hard sometimes it can be to adjust and how sometimes things are amazing and you're feeling great and other times you're not. I just think that I want more people to be honest that like, you know, that you can be externally successful and really be struggling because so many of my friends that are entrepreneurs, I mean, I wasn't, I was echoing sentiments that so many people that I know echo and I like being vulnerable because that also means that people pour into me. And you're right, Mandy. I got a lot of really amazing messages that had me rethink, like, well, maybe I'll try this and maybe I'll try that. I'm always open to learning because a, a really good teacher is an even better student. And so I don't have ego about correction and learning and doing things better. So I'm always appreciative when you guys um, reach out and share some of your like feedback with me. So thank you all for that. Ugh, I wish more people were like that. You've got it. Yeah. But you're, you know, Tiffany, you and the other people I know who are starting launching their businesses and everything, you're the reason why when a good friend of mine, uh, it was just back in pre-COVID times, asked to come and visit me at the office to talk about the business that he had launched. And he walked right in. I saw the bags under his eyes. And I was like, do you want to just sit in this dark conference room for like 20 minutes and just (laughs) collect or take a nap or something? And he was like, God, yes. And he went into that room and just took some time for himself. And he just, I, and I was like, okay, all right. Even though he's doing amazing, the business is going great. And it's like you said, like when things are going the best, that's when, that is when the gas is empty and you're just like really digging deep and, um, you know, you, you need that extra support. So I hope you get it. I know Team Unicorn wants to be there for you. And if you know, if there's ever, ever anything we can do here, over here at Brown Ambition Inc., you just let me know. <laughs> let me know what we could do to accommodate you. But I'm getting you out of here because we have like 20 seconds and you have to go. All right? I do. Good luck. Thank y'all for listening. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. Subscribe. Please yes. subscribe and leave a review. I want to shot up those charts. The EYL boys, they're great, but like we was here first. So let us get up on it. Let, <laughs> let, let's get up there. There's room at the top. We could be number one and two. Yes. 
I'm just yeah. saying. Okay. All right. Bye, y'all. <laughs> bye, Tim. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs>